And at this point in time, I was, I was praying to, to hear what God would have me do in my life. And I felt like I was supposed to be a pastor's wife, but I didn't know how you applied for that job. I married a librarian, by the way, who then worked for social security, who then God called into the ministry. So you see God works in mysterious ways. But, um, anyway, so this is where I was. I'm in high school and I encountered these Jesus freaks. They, they were doing a Bible study at at one of my friend's houses and, and some friends and I were, were going to it. And I mean, I had never seen people that were so recklessly abandoned for Jesus Christ. And I wanted to be like that. I wanted to have as much of God as I possibly could. Um, I didn't know very much about the Holy Spirit at this point. Now, in the in my church, we did sing uh, um, "Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost," and that was that was it. That was pretty much about it. That's about what I knew. Um, you know, so I knew that the Holy Spirit was a part of the Trinity, but I, I just had had no teaching, and and I, I think that in some ways that was good. There was no, no. No teaching in my church about the Holy Spirit, which means that I had no preconceived ideas. We were pretty much taught to read the Bible and let, you know, in- interpret it ourselves. And, and that's good for, for most things. And I really recommend that's what we, we should all be doing. But there are some things that it would be good to have some teaching on. And this was one I needed some teaching on. But, um, I encountered these, these people. And um, we began to look at Acts 1, and I saw that God told the disciples to wait. They, were, they already knew him. They'd been walking with him for three years. They were, they were all his followers. But he told them to wait in Jerusalem for the promised Holy Spirit because they would receive power to be witnesses for him. Um, I am an introvert. I've, I have, you know, I have tried to not label myself as shy because that is a label, but I am an introvert and, you know, just hearing that, I mean, I wanted, I didn't have it. I wanted that power to be able to share Jesus with other people. I, I wanted that. I, I felt like I needed that. Um, I also, anyway, um, I understood the fruits of the Spirit, at least as much as you can, but I thought that sounded really cool. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Who would not want those things? Those are all good and wonderful things. But the gifts of the Spirit were something that I just didn't understand what were. I read gifts of wisdom, okay, knowledge, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment. That sounds good. Speaking in tongues. No, I didn't know what that was. Um, some of you've heard me say this is true. I I thought that when I took French classes in high school that I was learning to speak in another tongue. So if I could interpret some other language, then I was also, you know, doing that last one interpretation of tongues. That's what I thought. I didn't know anything. I mean, I didn't know anything. Um, and during that Bible study, there was an invitation to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I thought, wow, I want everything of God that he has for me. I want all of God. I want to be close to him, 
but I don't want anything that's not of God. And I, you know, women, we're emotional, you know, it was emotional, it was all exciting, but I didn't want this to be emotionally based. I wanted it to be based on something else. And so I did what I had been taught to do. I went home and I got my Bible. And this is the 70s and there was no internet. Okay, so I got my Bible. There's no Google. I can't look stuff up that way. I'm not sure if I even had a concordance. But I had these markers, and I had not, I felt a little weird about marking in my Bible before that, but these people marked in their Bibles. So I thought, okay, well, I'll mark in my Bible. And I got a green marker, and with the green marker, I underlined everything I could find about the Holy Spirit, which is probably why I like the color green today. But, uh, you know, I began to do that, and and I saw that, okay, the Holy Spirit came, the disciples went out, Philip went out, and he shared in Samaria. When he was in Samaria, many people came to know Jesus, but they weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. So the church thought it was important that those believers be filled with the Holy Spirit, and they sent Peter and John to Samaria to lay hands on them and pray for them that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. I thought, ah, okay. Well, this is a second experience besides being saved. I know you can't be saved without the Holy Spirit, but this is something separate. This is another experience. This is something apart from that. And I I also read that this was for you and your children. And I thought, hmm, okay. So this, this, this that I'm reading about in the book of Acts and in the book of Corinthians and all over the New Testament, this has not stopped. This has not changed. This is still going on today. Yes, yes, I want in. You know, I want this because I I want this because I want to be, I want God. I want all of God that I can have. So the next week I went back and, and the group prayed for me to receive the Holy Spirit. I got saved because I believed, I acknowledged Jesus, I asked him to come into my life, and he did it. By faith, that's what they call that. Well, the Holy Spirit was the same way. I believed, I asked, we prayed, God did it. Um, I can't remember what happened in that meeting. I, I know that it changed my life when the Holy Spirit came into me. I know that it was, it was something, I knew it was something that I had never experienced before, but having that encounter with him changed me. Now, I have to tell you, because some of you have preconceived ideas on every side of the fence, everybody does, we're humans. I didn't speak in tongues that day. Um, That came later. I don't really know when it came, probably when I needed it. But, But that day, the Holy Spirit, you know, I believed and he came into me. And the first gift that he gave me was interpretation of tongues, which I really didn't even know what was going on. I, I mean, I, I, and I really didn't know that's what that was. But anyway, that's what he did. Um, you know, because God doesn't always work by formula. As a matter of fact, 
He never works by a formula. You know, whenever you have it set how he's going to do it, well, he can just surprise you and do it some different way. And, and I think the beautiful thing about hearing people's encounters with the Holy Spirit is that they're all different and wonderful. But um, I, I don't know. I kept seeing, um, uh, well, I, I, after, after this has happened, I just, I just have to tell you, because there are a few things that the Lord had me write down of how the Holy Spirit has changed my life, how my encounter with him, my encounters with him, which are ongoing and all the time, have changed me. He, he gives me wisdom when I lack it. He's given me words of knowledge about my children and about other people. Um, I've been lost with no GPS, and he's shown me how to get places. Um, he's, he's given me comfort and distress, overflowing joy in times of worship, strength when I was going through things I didn't think I could face. I've seen healings. I've seen miracles. But he, he's been my best friend. He's encouraged me when I was down. He's shown me that I can trust him. And trusting him, he has never left me alone. I've never been alone. I know I'm loved, and I know that I carry a great deposit inside of me, one that I am absolutely not worthy of carrying, but one that in his great, great mercy and infinite mystery has deposited in me the Holy Spirit that he wants to put in all believers. And Every day this morning, well, the, the beginning of being filled with the Holy Spirit, I, I, I liken it to, to a, a leap of faith. And when I see that, what I see as a child, like a, don't do this, kids, if you're in here, a, a little child on the corner of the stage jumping into their father's arms. The excitement's not in the jump. The excitement's in the being caught. And, and he always is there to catch me. Thank you. Well, um I'm envious of Ronnie. I didn't get a kiss when I walked across the stage here. Yeah, from the most beautiful woman in here. <laughs> Golly. See, Jill's left already, so I can sit. <clears throat> I, uh, <clears throat> I agree with everything Margaret said. Similar experiences in, in my life. Uh, I, too, uh, go paper rather than plastic. Uh, <clears throat> I do have an iPad, and I wear it with my uh, pirate suit. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say Ara for you. So, uh, I write in my Bible all the time. Um, and because um, on this one I've had for quite a while, along with others, um, they're personal to me. And um, 
they're alive. And it never loses power. And you can take that any way you like. I first heard from the Holy Spirit uh, when I was 26. I wasn't brought up in church much. I went a few times. But uh, laying in bed at night, I heard this said to me, if there is a God and I don't acknowledge him, I'm a fool. Um, I thought that was just a random thought that I had. Um, But it was the Holy Spirit. And I eventually uh, went to church and got saved. And my life was changed instantly changed. I was born again, just exactly the way Jesus said. And he gave me his Holy Spirit like he gives every believer. Um, It's a sign and a seal, um, the first down payment of every promise that he has for us. And in that spirit, um, Romans tells us if we don't have the Holy Spirit, we don't belong to him. Romans 1 tells us that we are not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the power unto salvation to all that believe, to the Jew first and then to the Greek. And so I felt inside me with the the Holy Spirit and what Christ has done, I was not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not ashamed at all. Because he had changed me and forgiven me and given me hope. I didn't have to pay for my sin. I was going to have eternal life. Jesus Christ let me start all over again, like a new baby, like a child. John, in the chapters 14 through 16, Jesus prepared the apostles for his going home to the Lord and uh, all the suffering he was going to go through and, and his return. And repeatedly, he talks about giving them the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter, who would guide them and teach them, convict them of sin, who would bring back the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, who would help them to understand, and they would teach them about Christ But above all, Christ would be glorified through the Holy Spirit in these disciples and all believers, and that he would show them the way, and that we would all be witnesses. Every believer is a witness to what Christ has done in their hearts. Witnesses share what they see and what they hear. And this is why it's such a key component in your life to be hearing from the Holy Spirit, that you might be a witness to others and to yourself as the Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you're his child. And he constantly does that. And so in salvation, I went out on Thursday nights, the pastor and I at the Baptist church down in Nashville we were at, and they'd give me a, a visitor's cards, and I'd go visit the people who had uh, come to the church for the first time. And I didn't know any scripture, so I couldn't preach, and uh, they hadn't introduced me to the building program yet, so I couldn't take those cards. So... Um, I witnessed to them what Jesus Christ had done in my life. Every single person came back to the church because I would talk to them about the things that I was seeing and hearing in Jesus. And how Jill and I had tried for five years and no children, and the month after we got saved, she was pregnant. And how we had a healing, and I'd just go on and on to the things I was witnessing. And I wasn't ashamed. I'd witness it at the car dealership I was at, a large car dealership. Nobody ever shared Jesus Christ with me there. But in the spirit, I just was urged to share Jesus because I wasn't ashamed of being saved. And I didn't tell people, I'm a Christian now. Um, Their version of Bruce was uh, he got church and he got religion. Uh, But uh, no, uh, I got saved by Jesus Christ. 
Uh, one time I was passing the parts counter and a fellow said to me, this job is enough to make you lose your religion. I said, without my religion, I couldn't keep the job. And I went to my desk and the Holy Spirit said to me, it's not your religion, it's Jesus Christ. Go tell him. I got up, walked right back up, faced him and said, religion doesn't keep me in my job, Jesus Christ keeps me in my job. And he said, okay. <laughs> but you see, we're a witness. And we've witnessed the most important thing that the universe has ever seen. The Son of God has come to us as an individual, has died for us, rose again, sits at the right hand of the Father interceding. He's preparing a place for us, and he's coming back. And we are witnesses. And we say yes and amen. Well, I started to volunteer and help with the teenagers at the church. And, uh, boy, they, they were not in love with the Lord, and things were kind of um, dull for them. Um, and we had a retreat for them, and a young Baptist evangelist came and spoke. Uh, and the Holy Spirit fell on the kids. A bunch of them got saved. I didn't know exactly what was happening. There was so much crying. Uh, we ran out of tissues real fast. And... Um, after the retreat was over, a group of us were together, and that evangelist said, you know there's more. And I said, what do you mean there's more? He says, there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I said, what's that? And he said, well, you can have power. And um, I said, power? I said, I need everything God's got for me. If Jesus died, that I could be born again and have life, I want to take it all. I just don't want to pick and choose what he has for me. I need all the help I can get. I need the strength. Um, and so he laid hands on us, and we prayed for us, and some got the, uh, some started speaking tongues, others didn't. I, I didn't speak in tongues. I kind of stuck it out there waiting for an angel to grab hold of it and uh, move it around and do something, uh, but Jill wasn't quick enough to grab it. So, um, and I, off I went. And, uh, but I, I knew I'd received it. I felt the power on the inside of me. Uh, and that just made me that much more dangerous. Um, and uh, six months later, during a time of praise all by myself, I started to speak in tongues and haven't stopped since. And I am so thankful to, to be able to pray and to be built up and to share. Let me read you an account in uh, the first uh, chapter of Acts. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. And gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised which he said, you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized in the Holy Ghost not many days from now. And so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it time for you to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the epochs which the Father has fixed for his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria, even to the remotest parts of the earth. The power to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ anywhere in the world. I shared at the dealership. Uh, nobody shared with me there. After I started to share, 
people came, would come up to me, I go to church, I know the Lord, and why didn't you say anything to me? I needed Christ, and it showed. Nobody was a witness. Um, when Jill and I went to Zimbabwe to teach in the Bible school, I said, Lord, I can just, all I can do is share what I see about Jesus. You're going to have to help me understand the scriptures and to live it. But Lord, I'm just going to go and be a witness. Little did I know that I was going to be witnessing to Americans there. And a few of them uh, committed to Christ. And, and one fellow, even after I left, gave his life to Christ. I had no idea. All I did was witness to the things I've seen and heard in the Lord Jesus Christ and to let his life come out. Uh, there was a time back at the Lord's Chapel. Uh, I was an elder, and I was up on the platform with a group of men praying at a baby dedication. And as we were coming off the platform, the Holy Spirit told me, go pray for the family who had had three teenagers killed in a car wreck uh, six months before that. And I went down the aisle and cut across and laid hands on that family and just said, Jesus has not forgotten you. And you see, when you move in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's like nobody else is around you. You're oblivious. I didn't care that there were five, 600 people there and I was going down an aisle. I just knew what the Lord told me to do, and I had the power to do it and the strength. It was years later that they told me that they really needed to have a word from God that day about the loss of their children. Jill and I pray and listen to the Lord um, and the Lord ministers to us in our giving, and the Holy Spirit speaks to us about our giving. Uh, tithes and offerings are just wonderful that uh, we can do that, and the Lord allows us and gives us all the resources to do that. Uh, but you really want to get a thrill from the Lord? Ask the Lord to give you a name and to bless somebody. What a thrill, and he does. Uh, in one of the chapel services, uh, we were all praying. I had a time of prayer, the entire congregation. And uh, I, was just, I was praying out loud, not real loud. And, uh, just, and I was praying in tongues. And after the service was over, one of the elders who was sitting behind me came up to me and said, can you speak Hebrew? And um, I said, nope, I can't. And he said, well, I invited a guy to church today a Jew that I know, and we sat behind you. And during the time of prayer, you, the Jew, could hear you. And when we were done, my Jewish friend asked me, does that man know Hebrew? And the elder said, I don't think he does. And the Jew said, well, he just quoted the 53rd chapter of Isaiah word for word. I hope that man gave his life to the Lord. See, part of the reason for tongues that, you probably don't know, it's a sign to unbelievers. And boy, we need that. That's another reason for the baptism and to use it. And I have a few other examples of that, but I'm taking too much of Wayne's time now. And finally, uh, and there's so many stories about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Um, I was preaching in Peru with a group of us down there and uh, with the interpreter and after uh, the sermon was over, we had the altar call, and a lot of people came up. And this one young lady, probably 19, 20 years old, came up and stood in front of me. And I was just praying in the spirit for her, and she was just sobbing and weeping. And the interpreter was beside me. Uh, in fact, it was Annette Thiessen. And 
the Lord said to me, she's filled with fear. And about that time, Annette said, she just said she's filled with fear. And then the Holy Spirit told me uh, she's had an abortion. And um, the interpreter said, she just said she had an abortion. And then the Lord said, she needs a mother. And Annette looked at me and said, I think I need to be her mother. And I said, Lord, I don't understand Spanish, but you sure do. It works. If you're open and if you're hungry for everything, you are called as a Christian to be a witness. And you need everything that God will give you to do that witness. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power. Once you receive it, what are you going to do? It's there for something. Don't be confused. God wouldn't give it if he didn't want it used. Once you believe it, you shall receive it. The Holy Ghost with power. We got some old Smyrna Assembly folks here. <laughs> we hadn't sung that in a long time. That's Acts 1.8. That verse is still active. Oh, are there any more amens in the house? That verse is present tense. Pastor Margaret alluded to that when she said one of the ways that she found herself in an encounter with the Holy Ghost was she realized through her own study that the stuff she was reading about wasn't dated. It wasn't like there was a period at the end of it. Acts 1-8 is still very active. She also said that the Holy Ghost tends to do, or God tends to do, they are the same, you know. The Holy Ghost tends to not do things predictably. Since that verse is active and since we're all here together, she made another really powerful comment. She said... She did the same thing with the baptism of the Holy Spirit that she did with salvation. She said she asked, God did it, she believed it, and she began to walk in that. The key to that is is not that God will do what he said he'll do, because he will do that. The key to that is asking, could you put your hand on your head? Could you pray this? Could you say, Lord, renew my mind with the wisdom of the Holy Ghost? Now, could you put your hand on your heart and could you say, Lord, open my heart to the truth of the Holy Spirit? And could you put your hand on your stomach? Scripturally, when it refers to things about the soul, it talks about the kidneys and its inward parts. See, our kidneys, it's, you know, that's just the way the language works. So somewhere in here, supernaturally, is our center or our soul. Could you pray, Lord, liberate my soul through the power of the Holy Ghost? One of the things that the Holy Spirit does in congregational responding, calls and response, is there's a level of engagement that happens in our spirits that sometimes catches us unaware. So some of you just prayed really dangerous prayers. Really wonderful prayers. 
Magnificent prayers. One of the things that's been in my spirit as we've headed into this year, as Pastor Ronnie has alluded to, is there's going to be a lot of study and a lot of focus and a lot of examining of things of the Spirit, things of the Holy Ghost in this church for this year. One of the things that we're not, that we're going to do besides study and teach and pray together and worship together related to the Holy Ghost is I hope some of us begin to ask questions. And if we begin to ask questions, don't just start with the senior staff. I hope some of us start to ask questions of one another. So we stir one another up because some of us are sitting on gifts and sitting on spiritual fruit that we're not activating. So tug on somebody and go, I got a question. What, how does this tongues thing work? Or what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Yeah, the, yeah, you know, scripture says, uh, scripture says we have not because we ask not. I'm not taking that out of context. We all know that phrase. But there's an asking dynamic that's involved. There's a proactivity that has to take place in our lives in order for the, God's not just going to walk up and slap you upside the head with the Holy Spirit. Well, he might. He would apologize if he did, I'm sure, or do it in such, <laughs> or, or do it in such a way that didn't hurt. It might just get your attention. Zap, you know. Okay, testimony about the Holy Ghost in our lives. <clears throat> I was brought up in the church, and at nine, uh, I, I grew up in the Baptist church. And at nine years old, what I fundamentally had is I fundamentally had an encounter with the Lord. Because I was convicted of the life I was living, I, I had enough understanding that the blood of Christ Jesus would cover all my sin at nine years old, the best I could get a handle on that. And you can get a good handle on that. You can get a good handle on that at five and at three. Margaret's got stories. No telling how many stories she's got about children she's led to the Lord or seen led to the Lord at ages. Many of us go, well, they don't get it. That's the Holy Ghost issue. But nine years old, I confessed my sin, and I went forward at the altar call in the church I grew up in. And then for the next two or three years, I basically tried to walk that out in a way that was a lot like Pastor referenced about the church in uh, Galatia. Uh, I tried to do it in my own strength. And in the Baptist church when I grew up, uh, uh, in the era that I grew up, I haven't been in the Baptist church in years, but... (laughs) <laughs> with the history I have in my family in the Baptist church, with the tradition I have in the Baptist church, I can say smilingly, it probably hasn't changed a lot, and I don't mean that condescendingly. One of the things that took place in the Baptist church is you reached a point in time after you're walking out your salvation where you realized it wasn't connecting the way it needed to, and you would rededicate your life. Sometimes there would be a rededication service But there would certainly be opportunities when a call for salvation went out that would also be periodically a call to rededicate one's life. So around 13, I had that encounter. That was a second real and genuine encounter. But it wasn't a Holy Ghost encounter as best I could understand because in the church I grew up, we had a little more information than Margaret referenced, but not much. The Holy Spirit was referenced as being a third part of the Trinity but there, wasn't, there was very little talk about power, and there was even less talk about fruit, and there was less talk about manifestation. In the era that I grew up in, the church, the kind of church that Pastor Ronnie went to is the church we all talked about. <laughs> w- 
when I grew up, the term holy roller was used for churches that were full of the Holy Spirit. And growing up during that era, some of you are laughing because you know that term. But when we learned that term growing up, we didn't have a clue what a holy roller was. We didn't have a clue. We just knew you didn't want to have any part of that. Even if you were curious to find out what it was, you knew you couldn't try and find out because if your mama and your daddy found out, you're going to be in big trouble. So, Pastor, we grew up in uh, different contexts, but we arrived at the same place. Bless God for the move of the Holy Ghost. So, at 13, I rededicated my life based on my confession of faith in Christ Jesus. And I walked in that for two or three years, and I hit late 15, early 16, and I made a turn away from the church. I became a prodigal, and I'm sharing about my encounter with the Holy Ghost, but I have to get a running start to get there. I spent 16 years pretty much as far away from the church as you could get. Uh, I wasn't active in anything that had to do with the kingdom. I was active in a lot of stuff that had nothing to do with the kingdom. But in that time, because of what had happened in my life, having a salvation experience and then genuinely having a time of rededication, my spirit had been engaged. I was sincere about doing it. I was just missing the power component. I was missing the manifest presence of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost led me or drew me back to Tennessee, back to Middle Tennessee in 1978. And while I had been away from the church as a prodigal, something had taken place in the church I didn't know anything about. Jesus freaks. I became one, I guess. In fact, in here, everything I'm wearing is tie-dyed. <laughs> while, I, while I had been out of the church... Uh, the charismatic renewal had broken out and it was in full swing or full fire, if you will. And the Lord drew me to a church out in Brentwood, the Lord's Chapel, where the Meeks and the Cobles and my future wife were. And I began to encounter, similar to Margaret's experience, I began to encounter people with these really large crosses. If that had LED lights that worked back then, they would have Oh, yeah, that would have, have been all around. Are, are those sequential ones where they run around them and they go in the colors? And they had these humongous Bibles. Uh, you, know, you almost needed a wagon to carry these Bibles. Everybody marking them up everywhere you looked. Everybody had like five or six different colored pens for this and for that. So the Lord put me back in that situation. And I began to hear about the Holy Ghost. I began to see manifestations. I began to get receive teaching about the Holy Spirit. And so I did what Pastor Bruce referenced and what Pastor Mar- uh, Margaret referenced. I began to ask the Lord because of the hunger in my heart. I said, whatever you've got for me, I want. Selah. I began to ask the Holy Ghost to give me stuff I didn't even know that I needed as a little child. I trust you. Stuff's happening. I'm reading about stuff that I don't know how that works, but I trust you. I've given my life to you. So what do you want to do? Well, in that culture, in that period of time, there used to be a lot of services. They weren't revivals. We had grown up with revivals. Some of you remember revivals. 
Interestingly, there are a lot of you here that don't know what the first thing about revivals. But we would have special services. We'd have thematic services or we'd have guest speakers come in. And we were having an evening service. It was probably a series of services. I don't remember who was speaking. I don't remember what the subject matter was. But I do remember, I'm doing this for the, the, those that are visual learners. Because there's some people in this room that will get what I'm saying because of what I'm doing now. The rest of you, if you think I'm just wandering, that's okay. I don't have a problem with that. I'm secure in the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> I was at the Lord's Chapel. You're fine. You don't have to move. Oh, no. I was sitting in the third aisle on the end seat. And <clears throat> I felt this tug. I felt this, heard this voice, this pull that said, move out in the aisle. And when I moved out in the aisle... This weight, which would have been, you know, the Shekinah glory of the Lord, which I didn't have a clue what that meant back then. There was this pressure. Cheryl, are you listening? <laughs> yeah, I know you are. There was this pressure on my, on my back, and I went down on my knees. I had no choice. And when I went, as soon as I hit my knees, both my arms went up. And as soon as both my arms went up, um, the comment that Bruce was talking about sticking his tongue out and hoping the Holy Ghost would do something, the Holy Ghost did something. And I started speaking in my heavenly language. I had already asked for it, but I hadn't asked in specific. I had just said, what you got from me, will you give it to me? And the encounter that I had, I, I could take, if we went over to Bethel Chapel, which is where the Lord's Chapel used to be, I could take you to the spot. <clears throat> Actually, it would be called if you want to be scriptural about it, you would call it an Ebenezer. <clears throat> Some of you don't know that term either, so since I've got a moment, an Ebenezer is basically a monument. It could be made out of a lot of different things, but in the Old Testament, it's made out of stone, and you made a marker. You put a position down. It was like putting an X somewhere. So not only you could go back to it and go, right here, right here is where this happened. But it served another purpose. It served a purpose to be able to pass down to the generation so that if my son came up to me and said, what was this business about the Holy Ghost that happened to you? I could take him and I'd go, right here is where this happened to me. It, it, the Ebenezer, becomes a witness. It becomes a tangible, in the natural, testimony of a supernatural impartation. And when that took place, my life changed big time. Because of a lot of that had been missing in my life that had... Uh, been used by the enemy in such a way to to move me into a prodigal lifestyle disappeared. <clears throat> that was in uh, probably July or August of 1978. So from then till now, the power and the impetus of the Holy Spirit has kept me clothed and in my right mind <laughs> most of the time. <clears throat> I said all that to say this. An encounter with the Holy Ghost is predicated on relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an emblem. It's not a representation. It's not an it at all. It's a he. Dare I say it to some of you. The Holy Ghost is not an avatar. The Holy Ghost is a presence, a supernatural presence, 
not in subordination to God in Jesus, equal with God in Jesus. The Trinity is one in the Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Let me read you two green passages before I turn this back to Pastor. John 15, 26, but when the Helper comes, this is Jesus speaking, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Scripturally, this is Jesus talking about how the Helper, which is the Holy Ghost, came into the earthly realm. Then in John 16, 27, still Jesus speaking again, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do, uh, if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, both of those passages, Jesus is saying to real people on the real earth, can you feel your pulse? Can you, are your heart, that, if you can, then you're a real person. He's saying to real people, I will beseech the Father on your behalf and the Holy Ghost will come. And then a chapter later and a few verses later, he says, I will leave and I will send back. You see, he's just said, I will ask the Father. But he also says, and we know this, that he says, I won't do anything unless I hear the Father doing it. So he's not, he's not pulling something from God's sovereignty and trying to override God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost are equals. Come on, they're equals. We have to get that in our understanding because one of the reasons that we're operating under our own steam is because the power of the Holy Ghost is leaked out of our lives. Quickly, if you could put up, Jill, there's, you should have that Jude passage. Pastor, could you come? <clears throat> this passage is key to my life and many others on the planet. But you, dear friends, build yourself up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. There's another verse. There should be another. Yes. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring, to, bring you to eternal life. Put the other verse up real quickly. 20, yeah, thank you. Build yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. I, I'm, I'm not going to try to get into any debates with any of you about what that means, but I do know this. For me, experientially in my life, in my relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit keeps me in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit has helped me to be built up when life's circumstances try to tear me apart. So I would encourage all of you. I don't know if you're Bible markers. I don't know if you've got a pen with you. Note that somewhere and camp on that. And if you don't know what this means, ask the Holy Ghost to show you, my pastor. Ah, we got some preachers. Um, okay, here's, here's the deal. And a lot of a lot of. A lot of times you might go, okay, well, now are we going to have people come and get baptized in the Holy Ghost? Not today. Because the idea of today is to, and next week, is to create a hunger. You know, the Holy Ghost is not a, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not another uh, charm to put on your bracelet. It, it, you know, it's not, everybody's getting a tattoo, I'll get a tattoo. You know, that, that's not what it is. And what what my desire is, is that, because some of you 
this is kind of out of the blue for some of you. What my desire is, is that there be a hunger created in this body. And then you do what you heard Margaret did, what you heard Bruce did, what you heard Wayne did. You get your Bible and you open it up and you begin to find out, okay, is this real? It needs to be real for me. Uh, and you know what? If you can't wait until next week to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, you don't have to. I mean, I know, I know as many people who got baptized in their kitchen as I do who got baptized in a church. So, you know, just get your Bibles and get after it. Would you stand with me? We are going to close the service the way we normally do because our enemy, the devil, is active and there are people who need prayer. Uh, and so with those who are going to pray, our elders and, and, their, and their wives and all, those who are going to pray with folks, if they'll come down front. And if you need prayer, you come down. Uh, these, these brothers and sisters would love to pray with you. And if you, you know, if you're ready and you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit today, you can come down. Cause I mean, there's no, we're not prohibiting. That's by, by any means. But, uh, the altar is open. We're going to worship for a few moments. We'll wait for you. You've, you've heard testimonies not only about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you've heard testimonies about provision in God's life. If you've been in the first service, you'd, when Kevin said, has anybody got a testimony about what God's done? It wasn't about money. It was about, uh, it was about a healing. And, and in fact, somebody actually, their life being saved, their, uh, their, their sister-in-law's life being saved this week by God. If you need something from the Lord, you come. Let's, let's sing. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. So here I am to worship. Bye.
because of some of the people you encountered later on or some of the things that you encountered you weren't aware of the fact that it's not a one time event it's a it's an ongoing experience it, it is a it is a it is a different life is what it is zoe life it's life in the spirit and it seem to kind of leak out and maybe you kind of thought well maybe that's not really real or these people are just talking no 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 uh-uh. let that hunger be rekindled inside of you today as well to go you know I I used to be there I want to be there again you can be raise your hand give you a blessing my blessing for you this day is hunger. The God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who satisfies the hungry with good things, who quenches the thirst, those who are thirsty, who says, let everyone who is thirsty come. May there be a holy hunger that is wells up inside of you. May there be a, a thirst from God for the things that are of God. May you experience it in greater measure than you've known it in years. And may you find the fullness of those who hunger and thirst after him. Through Jesus Christ our Lord.